Hey everybody, welcome into Domesticated Gamblers, three dads with our favorite picks of the day. We're with you every weekday here on YouTube. It is February 3rd, 2023. I'm Eric, that's Sean and Tito, and also joining us today is our fan of the week, the Tagger. I'll introduce him here in just a minute. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, that'll help us out a lot. I'll also post a comment on our videos so we can chat with you there. And hit that notification bell too so you can get our videos as soon as we post them. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search Domesticated Gamblers in any of those places and you will find us. Uh, and if you listen on Apple, please just take a minute, uh, give us a five-star rating and write a quick review. That's a real simple way to help grow the show. Uh, and if you're listening to the show but want to watch us, you can do that at youtube.com slash gamblers and you can also follow us on twitter at gambling dads that's where i recap our plays and track our records and everything you'll see there is 100 honest and transparent all right boys it's time to welcome in our fan of the week our second fan of the week after the south city zebra lit the place on fire last week and just dominated tito for an entire hour please welcome to the show the tagger how we doing What's up, boys? Uh, thank you so much for having me. It, it really is an honor to be on the show. I mean, look at us. We have four fine bearded men, four fantasy football champions all gathered together, and four great gambling minds sharing our information, talking great. about sports. It's great. There's not four great gambling minds here. You're looking at the only gambling mind out here, okay? So I'm sorry, yeah. That's Not right. Four. There's three and Tito. Sorry about that. Oh, right. you're Jack You don't even know what you're talking about. You make picks off of your alma mater that are going against them. You got to listen to Tito here. You're giving Eric the wrong information about your own alma mater, talking about how how that dick character can't hit the hit his free throws. How he's in a shooting slump. He goes and lays like thirty-eight thousand points up last weekend. Shows what kind of a fraud, what kind of a fan you are. Fair weather fan is, is what I like to call people like you, Tagger. Whoa. Don't worry, we'll be getting to that later, and I'm going to prove you wrong. What you just said was like 90% incorrect. Coming for you, boy. Uh, yeah. boy you said you said yeah. the magic word. Uh, you said the magic F word, that fraud. You said that so much. I thought about doing a drinking game. Take a drink every time Tito yes. says fraud. I, I would die by the end of the show, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Well, full disclosure, the tagger is my brother, my biological brother. Um, so we are all fellow competitors in our fantasy football league, the four of us here. So obviously go way back. Uh, so Kevin or Kevin, we're going to call you the tagger. You're the tagger for the show. And to keep, keep your name secret. Um, I know you enjoyed the show uh, yesterday uh, with our favorite sports memories with our dads and our parents. Yeah, Kev, go ahead. The last two shows, uh, both the Dad Memories and the Ten Commandments of Sports, phenomenal show, guys. I mean, knocked them out of the park. Wonderful, wonderful show. Loved watching them. Thank you Appreciate so much. Yeah, we, we loved it, man. Like, that that's the kind of stuff I love to do, mix a little grab-ass with a little serious talk. But um, obviously, growing up together, we had a lot of those similar experiences uh, with Dad. But uh, you texted me last night and said, you didn't talk about the one that I thought you were going to. And I, I have, literally have no idea what you're going to say. So when you think about dad, a favorite sports memory, something I didn't talk about yesterday, uh, what comes to mind for you, the tagger? Well, I'll get to that in a, in a second. It was, it, and it's not just one memory. It's like th things that happened all the time. Uh, but it was a similar experience every time. 
uh, that we went to a game. Uh, but I wanted to touch on Cooperstown first because that was a great trip. Uh, 2011, um, uh, obviously it was the year that the Cardinals made their huge comeback, uh, got to the playoffs, won the whole thing. Uh, and yeah, we took, we did. It was a Father's Day trip for dad. Uh, oh, it was a retirement gift. That's what it was. I, I, I literally just remembered that. I literally just popped my head. It was a retirement gift. And it was the two of us taking dad to Cooperstown. And um, it was, uh, you, you touched on it. It was the first night that we were there. The Cardinal, before we went to the Hall of Fame the next day, the Cardinals lost that night. And we uh, just kind of talked amongst ourselves. Oh, that's the end of it. You know, we're, 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 I think we were 10 games out, no, 10 and a half games out at that night. The next day, I think Atlanta won their game in the daytime. So we were technically 11 out at that point. But that night we won and we kept winning and we can't, you know, we got all the way back. So we really did. We we hit that uh, Hall of Fame Museum the day that we turned it around. And it really is just magic. But um, uh, there were a couple of things that you kind of, uh, 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 you know, you so much to talk about. A couple other things that happened on that trip. Uh, not only did we go to the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Basketball Hall of Fame, but we went to a minor league baseball game. The tri uh, the, uh, uh, the Tri City Valley Cats, and we were sitting on the third base line with Stubby Clap oh. as the third base line coach, and I think it was the coach of that team in 2011 and 2012. And uh, and I, I think we may have even uh, uh, not trash talked them, but just kind of talked to them just a little bit. Um, uh, but that was also uh, we we ended up leaving that trip a day early because the hurricane was coming up that way. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah, I forget what the name of the hurricane was, but it was coming up the East Coast and it was going to hit the uh, New York area, and we were flying in and out of Albany. Uh, so uh, we we ended up having to to redo our plane tickets on the fly, and uh, and head out a day early, and it was just just a, pardon the pun, but a whirlwind trip. Um, so that was that was just such a such a cool trip being able to take uh, take Dad up there, and uh, and, and just have it the, be the three guys. Uh, what what a what a great trip! And that was also the year we went to spring training. So as a oh, family, yeah. so 2011 was spring training, Cooperstown, and one of the greatest World Series comebacks of all time, with one of the greatest games and endings of all time, uh, with Game Six. So just what a what an amazing uh, story to have with Dad uh, as part of the memory. Um, but as far as hold on one second, yeah. hold on one second. When this show makes it big, when we go viral. One of the one of the trivia questions is what was the minor league team name that Eric and his brother and his dad went to? The Tri City, what is it called? The Valley River Cats? The Valley Cats. Valley Cats. What a fantastic minor league name. I mean, that's that that's simply phenomenal. That little nugget right there kind of gave me chills and the de- level of detail that you guys go into talking about some of these trips, man, it's just it it brings a smile on my face, and so I'm sorry for interrupting. I'll let you keep going, Tagger. But that was fantastic. I just love that. that Tito is interrupting. We have that problem with him all the time. That's all right. It happens. <laughs> he's so excited. He's a little. He's like a little kid. He's just so much energy. You know, he just can't help it. So <laughs> uh, I should have brought my hat. I, I got a I got a Tri City Valley Cats hat with the logo on it. It was a really cool logo. I should I should have worn it out here. Uh, but the thing that I remember about dad and sports, like I wasn't a big sports guy growing up. I, I was, I, I love playing sports, but I wasn't a huge sports fan. Uh, Eric, Eric mentioned yesterday when he would get up and 
uh, he'd ask dad for the sports page. And even if dad was reading the sports page, he'd give it to him, you know. So Eric reached for the sports page first. I reached for the funny pages first. That was my section in the newspaper. So I wasn't a humongous sports fan. So I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of really strong sports memories about that. But the one thing that I do remember is anytime we would go to a game, Blues game or Cardinals game, parking. Parking. That man did not want to spend a red cent on a parking spot. That was his hard-end money. He wasn't going to give a dime for a little square of pavement for three or four hours. We would walk a mile, a mile and a half to uh, to the darkest corner in some alley and, and have to wander all the way through to, to get the bush. And then afterwards, it's 10 o'clock at night. You're walking past. God only knows what's sitting on the side of the road. One night, his his car got broken into. We got back to the car, the rear window was broken out, the toolbox was gone, and the stereo was halfway out of the thing. They just couldn't get it all the way out. It, it just it, And it never changed. It never changed for them. Didn't matter. Still had to park over there. Wasn't going to get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, any, any parking lot. Um, uh, but uh, so that always with the uh, always with the Cardinals and we went to more Cardinals games than we did Blues games. Uh, but uh, but but even at, at the old arena on Oakland, uh, uh, parking way up the street uh, north by uh, what is what that little hospital up there, Deaconess or whatever that was. Uh, we'd have to walk up the hill, get to it. And I remember uh, one of the first Blues games I, I remember going to trudging back to the car. I think we had lost because I wasn't in a good mood. It had snowed like the night before and some of it had melted and some of it hadn't. So it's all slushy and gross and dirty. And I remember walking up the street, trudging through this stuff, and I had a blue scarf, and it blew off in the wind and just went down the street, and it was just gone. Uh, so, like, that's the that's the thing that I remember most uh, about sports and dad are the hikes. Uh, <laughs> and but but it's just that was the kind of guy dad was. You know, if you could if you could do it over there and say save some money, he would do it. So you know that was that was the very first thing uh, that I remembered. And then the other story, which has uh, helped me become a blues fan. Uh, Dad would always tell this story uh, about listening to the blues on the radio as a kid. Red Berenson, the first uh, maybe only player in blues history to score six goals in one game and how he was listening to the radio that night. And and he he kept running back and forth to his dad. He said, God, Dad, Red scored the third goal. Dad, Red scored his fourth goal. And he got all the way up to six. And and I just remember him telling me that story. And I know that's what really got me into being a blues fan. And uh it, there's something weird about us winning the cup in 2019 uh while he was still healthy. That just yeah. something yeah. about that. Uh, is always going to stick with me. So I was, you know, I know he wasn't the, the biggest Blues fan. He was always Cardinals number one. But the fact that he got to see the, the Blues win the Cup, I really hope it meant something strong to him. And, of course, a month later when he got sick, it just wasn't really all that important to talk about anymore. So never really never really got, uh, uh, you know, into the details about that. But, you know, uh, just just miss him so much and uh, glad we got to spend the time that we did because he he lived you know ten lifetimes of love in 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 you know one regular lifetime. So um, a, a great show talking about all your dad stories, all three of you guys, uh, but Eric especially. You know, never be afraid to show emotion. Shows you're a man. Um, uh, you know, uh, crying every day. That's uh, that's the from the famous. Um, uh, famous talk from Jimmy V, you know, have a good cry every day. Everyone does that. They'll be a better person. So, yeah, great, great, great show, guys, and a great idea. I got something to interject about 2011, and I th- I believe in my heart this is why we won the World Series. Tito was hating on the Cardinals the whole run. He hated John Jay. He hated 
Mr. Freeze. He hated everything about 2011 until it was Game 7, and then he believed. This, this is accurate. Yes. Yes, it is. Fairweather fan, Tito. Fairweather fan. <laughs> he has no response because he knows it's true. <laughs> John doesn't want me to respond to every little comment, and then he makes ludicrous statements like this crap. And this is what I have to deal with on a daily basis, text message-wise, folks. The YouTube people out there watching this show, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. And I then, freaking absolutely love the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm the only one that believed that entire year. The St. Uh, Louis Blues, I was the only one that believed all year. Yeah. You guys were all wanting to get rid of everyone. Trade them all. Get rid of them all. That was That's just ridiculous. And I got, I some, I got something to talk to you. When you're out there coaching these kids, you got to stop playing the games and taking credit for the wins. You're, you ever have a game with the little boys last night? You go, yeah, I won. You can't win. You're a 30-year-old, 40-year-old man. Let the kids win. Come on. Be better. I got nothing for this guy. I got nothing. I, well, what do you want me to say to you? I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. This is ridiculous. Hey, I, I, I can say nothing, and Eric will always give the points to Fish. That's how it always works. I'm the one. I'm the one that's cashing all the checks. How much money am I even up, Eric? I'm not even the gambler. I'm up like twenty-eight hundred dollars. I'm making picks, basketball picks, and I'm just I'm cashing checks, and no one wants to give me credit. Everyone wants to say, "Oh, look at Sean. Oh, he's making eighty-eight thousand picks a day, and oh, he's always he's over half the way percentage." I don't whatever. I, I what do you want me to say? At least I'm out there coaching these little rugrats, these little shitheads who want to be ankle biters and not listen to me and have taking practices oh, yeah, and not I doing the fundamentals. I mean, that's what I have these parents that are always criticizing Tito about how about you hold your kids accountable? How about you actually tell them to actually listen to the coach? But that's not what I want. That's not what I hear. All I hear is from these these parents complaining about my coaching style. I'm frankly tired of it. Why don't you guys come and coach? Hey, Lee, I think the show would greatly be improved if we got a heart rate monitor on Tito and displayed it through the show. I think that'd be awesome. At least my kid made three or four baskets last night. Yeah, thanks to Tito. Thanks to Tito telling him how to do it. Not his dad. Well, yeah. We do talk a lot about youth sports on this show. I know that's one other thing that uh, that mom and dad both did. They would always come to our games, the Dagger, and as, as much as they possibly could, they come to our games. Uh, you were a pretty good athlete uh, as a grade schooler playing CYC. You had some height on you. You could hoop. You, you were you were really good on the on the low block. They'd give you that rock, and you could position your body and get it in there. And so it was always impressive to watch. Any favorite CYC sports memories that come to mind? I, I do, and and in fact, uh, uh, talking about basketball first. If if you were in the South County area and you were in uh, eighth grade around the year nineteen ninety four. Uh, and you played against St. Matthias in basketball, you knew you were in for some trouble because you were up going up against the Towers of Power, the two Giants, the Tagger, and Danny, Danny Malisco. We, we were the two tallest kids in class. We were even taller than uh, a number of the kids in some of the classes above us. Um, and, and we just, you know, we dominated the paint, you know, uh, all they had to do was dump it down into us. We'd have our little screens. We'd set screens for each other going up and down the key. Um, and, and, and what was funny is we didn't realize the reputation that we had until I got to high school and, and some of them, my buddies, uh, some of the guys that I got to be buddies with, uh, grew up in that area and they're like, yeah, we remember you. 
we remember coming to play you and going, oh, God, it's those two guys again. It's those two friggin' ogres, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, just just though, though, that kind of thing uh, just really stuck with me because we, we didn't realize it at the time. And then you look back on it and you're like, well, it was, it was just more than, uh, more than what we thought. And then, of course, you get into high school and you're not a great basketball player anymore because you're the tallest kid in class until you get to high school. And then you're just some regular schmo. And there are guys that have been training, you know, in, in uh, uh, expert level leagues and everything. And, and all of a sudden, oh, there, there's no room for the tagger on these teams. So grade school, grade school was the, the limit of my uh, athletic prowess. I think my, my favorite basketball game, though, the, the, really the one game that I remember most, um, I forget what the name of the school was. Do, do you guys know uh, what grade school it may have been or, or church or parish or whatever that may have been just kind of maybe west and south of uh, Ronnie's movie theater? Does that ring any bells whatsoever? Because that's where I kind of remember that school being. St. Simon? Uh, not St. Simon. I think that's east of Ronnie's. It'd be somewhere west of it, down. Uh, down Catherine Labouret. That might be it. That might be it. Um, so we were we were at we were at I'm pretty sure we were at that school. We were down 11 to nothing at halftime. Big big score for get for a grade school game, right? 11 to nothing. <laughs> this may have been sixth grade, seventh grade, something like that. Um, but uh, but we got into the second half and and we started playing and I started scoring and uh, we were making this comeback and coach was getting us all real excited. He was taking his timeouts and really getting in our faces. Like, Come on, boys, we got this. We can do this. And uh, we had it almost tied up. Uh, I, I got the ball up at the top of the key, turned around, stared at the basket, looked at the defense, uh, took a couple dribbles uh, uh, to my right down the key, got up near the baseline, uh, uh, took a jump shot, fading out of bounds, compensated for the movement going out of bounds, swish and one, got the free throw, took the lead. Uh, I ended up scoring 11 points in a 17 to 15 comeback victory. Uh, it's it's the one that I remember the most because it was just it was just ungod like we felt like we could we could do anything that night you know as as little thirteen year olds we opened yeah. the world that night man so that was my that was my favorite basketball game uh, I, I do have one good baseball memory I want to touch on too uh, as a bigger kid uh, I almost always played third base uh, or first base uh, I'd occasionally play uh, outfield or catcher. Uh, but one year, this was sixth grade, and we had a lot of kids in our in our class, a lot of boys in our class, and so our baseball team was really, really full. And uh, there were uh, a, a school or two that were lacking some kids, and so they were asking around on the uh, the bigger classes if they wanted to go play for a, a different school that year. And me and two other guys, uh, Ryan Smith and Jason Byrne, uh, we went. Uh, first off, they tried to put us on St. Tim's. Uh, we had one practice with St. Tim's, and for some reason they said, no, nah, we'll, we'll move you somewhere else. And I moved us over to uh, Our Lady of Providence. Yeah. Um, uh, that was the school just north of uh, Grant's Farm there. And there. Um, we uh, we played on their team. We had a nine-game season, and we went 0-7 the first uh, seven games. We was, that Those guys stunk. Never wanted to see those kids again. They stunk. Stunk worse than the Cubbies. Um so we, we, we're getting close to the end of the season, and I'm like, well, you know, this is kind of the time to just kind of jack around a little bit, you know, do something different. So I started pitching a little bit in practice. I had no control over I didn't have curveballs or sliders or anything. I could just chuck the ball real hard because I was a big kid, you know. So I got into the uh, – I got into one game. Probably it was that seventh game. may have been that last loss. And I, I didn't have much control, and I was walking a couple kids, and they pulled me in the same inning. I went back to third base and felt like a jackass, you know. Uh, but I got into the last game. We, we tied the eighth game. We're 07 and one, and we're just looking for a win. So we get into the last game of the season, and it, it, it was either a six or seven inning game. I don't remember how many it was total, but I pitched the last three innings. 
Uh, we were losing at the time. So I got in at either the top of, uh, uh, top of the fourth or top of the fifth. And uh, I pitched three innings. I faced nine batters. I got one kid to ground out to shortstop. Uh, pop out to shortstop. I got one kid to ground out to me. And I had seven strikeouts. Wow. Uh, wow. I had the high cheese work in that game. I was blowing that ball past them right at the letters. They couldn't catch up to it. They kept swinging and missing. So seven strikeouts. We end up coming back uh, in the last inning. Uh, the, the two kids that came with me to play from St. Matthias, um, one of them was the winning run on base. The other one knocked in the winning run, and I was sitting on deck thinking I was going to be the hero, pitching and hitting in the same game. But those guys hit it. We all went crazy and ate shit. We got our, we got our hot dogs and popcorn at the concession stand afterwards. Uh, but, but, but that was like the ultimate pitching performance and only pitching performance of my whole life. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, that, that one just will always stick with me as well. Uh, it was so much fun playing. Uh, we had, we had baseball and, and soccer and basketball and volleyball, and I played all four and just so many good memories. And, uh, you know, wish I could, could invent the old time machine and go back and, and do that again. But, uh, so many great memories and, and thankful for mom and dad for helping us get to all those games and everything practices and, uh, all those uh, uh, eight in the morning practices at the R nine ball fields, um, so much fun, so many good, so many good memories. So that was the last game of your CYC baseball career, is that correct? No, so that was when we were in sixth grade. Oh, sixth grade. Okay. Because I remember. Good. Oh, sorry, I was going to say I remember my, my very last game of eighth grade baseball. I was always I I pitched. I was a catcher. I played shortstop. I was good in the field and scrappy and you know good base runner, all that stuff. Well, I I was slow as shit actually. That's not true, <laughs> but I, I was a very average hitter. And then the last game of my career in eighth grade, I remember I just I just it felt good. I was seeing the ball right, and I went four for four. And on my last base hit, it's you know just like Dad, his nickname was Single Sontag. My I probably had four singles if I had to guess for that game. And I get my last hit and I get the first base and our first base coach, Mr. Callen goes, where the hell has that been your entire career? <laughs> <laughs> you wait, you wait till the last game of your career to go four for four. I'm like, I don't know what to tell him to see in the ball. Well, so uh, Tito, I, I know uh, you, you've been scouting a lot of these CYC South city uh, basketball teams here. A lot of action coming up this weekend. Oh yeah. In South city. Do you have any picks you want to release now or any insider? Should we save that? No, absolutely. Let's let's bring them up right now. Hot and heavy. Great, great breakdown for some history of CYC. You know, Tagger. I've I, yeah, I've been around some of the old school referees, these zebras. They like to tell stories. They like to not really officiate the games. Like to have a lot of home cooking. That uh, that memory that you bring up of the end one over at that other parish. I can't even remember what Eric had mentioned. I think that was one of the stories they had told and how they just totally was a ridiculous call by one of the zebras. They were. They were laughing at that zebra about that call back in 94 when you were in the eighth grade. And so that's a call that will never live. That's an infamous call in South uh, South County CYC action that it'll still be talked about decades from now. So, you know, this shows what a fraud you are in regards to just and ones and not being a very good athlete. I mean, I see that I see that that I see that trophy that you have behind you. Um, I don't know if you just got that from from one of your nieces or nephews or whatever. I'm not sure where that even came from, but it definitely does not have your name on it. Probably has some, you know, participation trophies. So kudos to you, but let's get down to the action tonight in South City, right? So South City, uh, CYC basketball action tonight over at the Jones Dome. Um, there's gonna be a lot of action over at the Joan of Arc Dome uh, tonight. 
Um, we got a hot game going on. C and D division league games. I mean, these are these are top notch games that are going to be played tonight. Um, there's four leagues. There's A and B leagues, but the C and D divisions, hot and heavy actions. And you know, my daughter plays for the seventh grade Ambrose team, and this team is on fire. They've got some club basketball players. They're in the C division, but they're blowing people out. They're winning by 30, 40 points a game, and so just total domination. They're giving up 17 and a half tonight against Our Lady of Lords, and so we're gonna take the um, we're gonna take Ambrose. We're gonna give the points to the Lady of Lords. They're gonna win by at least 30, and so if you want to play that, that's a two-star play for Tito. We're taking Ambrose minus 17 and a half at the Joan Dome tonight. I'll be there. I'll be there running the place, making sure that referees are being held accountable, that they're they're calling it right down the middle. So. If you see good old Tito at the Dome Dome, I'll be in this hoodie. I'll be holding people accountable. Come by, say hey. I'll buy you. I'll buy you a soda pop for you. But then tomorrow is the big action. Our Lady of Sorrows, A and B Division League games for boys basketball. We got the SCCA, the place where my kids go to school. We got the sixth grade boys team. Yes, only two boys from the school actually. Are, are on the team itself. There seems to be a little bit of shenanigans going on with the basketball director over at SCCA. You know, basketball director, I'm not sure. I know you're going to watch this because you have your alerts on just like the tagger does. And so I'm not sure if the CYC is going to be looking at some shenanigans going on. Maybe maybe you're reconstructing the, the parish lines a little bit to kind of have some home cooking and make sure that you get a city-county championship here in the next several years. But anyway, the sixth grade boys team, they're laying seven and a half points. All right, we're going to take the SCCA sixth grade boys team. They're in the B division. They're, we're going to we're going to take them. They're going to win outright. We're not going to take the money. We're not. We're going to do the money line play. We're not going to do the points. But they are getting. They're they're giving away six and a half points this week. Then, and so and they're playing St. Gabe's by the way. And everyone knows the reputation of St. Gabe's and that gymnasium. This one's being played over at Our Lady of Sorrows. I'm sure the Our Lady of Sorrows Parish is looking for some retribution because some of these bad officiating calls over at Gabe's. So it'll be an interesting matchup. But I like the sixth grade boys team tomorrow to take over and, and to beat Gabe's tomorrow. So Yeah, they're not going to be getting that home cooking. At St. Gabe's, man, they go on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. Yes. Hostile environment. So those are the two plays. We like Ambrose tonight, given the 17 and a half points. And then we like SCCA tomorrow against Gabe's. Again, I'm going to open up an investigation. I'm going to reach out to the CYC, see about this basketball director, and seeing if uh, everything's on the up and up. So more to come on that later on. And uh, and so we'll give it back to Eric. But those are that's your CYC breakdown for this weekend. Actually, okay. do, you have any, do you have any injury reports from these games? Because that's going to affect how I bet on these games. Yeah, so the injury reports, you know, like I said, Ambrose has a few club players that are hit or miss at certain games. But this is a... This is a tilt that's going on tonight. It's 820. It's the one prime time Friday night game that Ambrose has. And so everyone's going to be there. Everyone's 100%. Look for a dominating performance by Ambrose. Tomorrow, SCCA, it's against Gabe's. I mean, this is this is what everyone had circled on their calendars when the schedule came out, you know, like three days before the season started. Because, again, I don't know who runs the CYC. I don't know who runs this league over in at the, at the early Sorrows gym. I'm still trying to find that out, but um, that's a game that everyone has had circled. 
since three days before the season even started. So that's a highly anticipated matchup. So everyone's good to go in that in that aspect too. So you know, do what you want there, Tagger. I wouldn't take the points. I would take the money line play for the sixth grade boys. Um, but tonight, it's a pure lock. Three star play for Tito. We're giving the 17 and a half. Ambrose is going to put it to Our Lady of Lords for sure. Poor Our Lady of Lords. My God. I think they're just going to get taken to the woodshed tonight, it sounds like. And I'd like to tell the tagger, I just got my fantasy football name, Tower of Power for next year. That will be my fantasy football name next year. Very nice. (laughs) Let's talk a little gambling. Kevin, you live in Kansas where sports gambling became legal there this past September, right? Was it September 1st? How the hell does Kansas legalize sports but in Missouri can't? I mean, what kind of backwards crap is this? What, what cities are even in Kansas? I don't even know one major city in Kansas. I mean, this is ridiculous. St. Louis has St. Louis. We got Columbia. We got Rolla. We got Springfield. We got St. Louis. Louis. We got Saint Kirksville. Louis. Let's go. St. Louis has St. Louis? You knew what I bet. Ridiculous, Tagger. What kind of crap is going on in Kansas where you get legislation put through and you can get, get gambling legal in kansas tell me that right now we just better than you that's it we got the cheese you are lucky we are on webcam right now i'm gonna come right through this webcam i'll lay the smackdown if you ever say that again we just better than you boy oh wow you mm. let's fight kevin uh as a ku grad you know we grew up like i mentioned yesterday going to mizzou games and we had a lot of fun you have a very deep hatred for the Missouri Tigers now. So I, 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 we, we had a basketball game that we're not going to speak of that happened earlier this year in Columbia between the, these two schools. But uh, I, I would say I, lo- I actually lost money on that, which was just, just ridiculous. I can't believe I bet that. But let's talk a little bit of gambling. So, you know, it's been legal there for about, you know, six months or so. So I know you dove right in. So, like, what, what's your approach to gambling? Like, what kind of gambler would you say you are and, and how do you approach things? Yeah, so they did get gambling approved uh, just in time for the NFL season. So I got to start uh, week one. Uh, and uh, and before then, my only uh, time spent sports gambling was uh, whenever I went out to Vegas. Uh, probably went out to Vegas just about once a year. Uh, sometimes I didn't get to go. but uh, uh, and, and we'd always go out around uh, conference bas- uh, college basketball conference tournament weekend. So the weekend before the big tournament started when the crowds weren't so big. But there's just as many basketball games, if not more, to bet on. So It's the best. Uh, it's by far better than the big dance. I guess I should keep that secret. So if I ever go back out to Vegas, go conference tournament week because you can it, – it, there's so much action – and the, but the, the week of the big dance, there's fewer games and there's way more people. Not yeah. a fan. Yeah. So um, so those that, that's really the the extent of my sports gambling before they legalize it here in Kansas. Uh, and I know these these boys that I'm talking to, they're they're big money players. You know, they're betting hundred dollar units. I'm a ten dollar unit guy. I'm a small time gambler. So uh, I almost never throw down a three star play. There are some times uh, where I'm just making sure that I don't lose, as opposed to making a huge score. You know, I would I would much rather. Uh, break even or maybe just win a little bit then put like, you know, my you like entire bankroll like to that, hedge a little you like to hedge a little at times uh if if there's a uh uh promo or a bonus where uh, i might be able to get plus money on both sides i might put a bunch of money on both sides and just earn a little bit um you know it's it's not always about making that big score uh sometimes it's about grinding it out you know uh, right. don't, don't be matt damon and rounders don't don't take your whole bankroll to teddy kgb man uh, you, 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 uh, you, you, you grind it out. You make a little bit at a time. So, 
so anyway, so small time gambler and um, uh, 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 one of the one of the things that I really did when they started was I took advantage of all the free bets and bonuses and deposit matches that all of these books offered for new gamblers in the state of Kansas. Uh, in fact, if there was some sort of bonus where I would need to put in cash to get it, I would put in the cash, get my my free bets, and I'd take that cash right back out. Um, so to this day, uh, uh, since legalized gambling, uh, sports gambling uh, in Kansas happened, I have lost zero dollars of my own money. Um, my entire bankroll, it's it's less than $1,000, but it's all stem, all stemming from the winnings from the initial free bets and then all the promos that the books have, have, have run since then, and of course, continuing to win making smart bets. Uh, in fact, recently, one of the books had a promo uh, for a $10 deposit match. You put in $10 and they'll give you a $10 in free bet. I put my $10 in, got my free bet, pulled the $10 back out, and it was still sitting in my PayPal account when they ran the same promo again three days later. I used the same $10, put it right back in, got my bet, took it right back out. So you do those things and you take advantage of everything that the books are going to give you and continue to be smart with your bankroll. Um, another example that the, the books might run is they'll have a local special. So, for instance, they'll offer to, uh, if you're in the state of Kansas, they'll improve the odds of, say, Patrick Mahomes throwing for one yard to plus 100 at, a say, a $25 max. Uh, you know, obviously, these are meant to be promotional, you know, bring customers into their app and give out some free money. Uh, if, if you see that, smash it, take it, take that money as much as you can. Uh, these, and these are the promotional bets. I'll get into some of the other ones later where it's not free money. These are free money. They're expecting Patrick Mahomes to throw for one yard. So always be looking for uh, specials like that. Always take advantage of what they're gonna give you. And um, you know, I've gotten six months of sports gambling entertainment and it hasn't cost me a dime. So as long as you're smart, you can do the same. Yeah, I think you're doing it the right way because you are maximizing the opportunities that they are giving you and the bonuses and the promotions they are giving you. But just knowing you, I, I think you and I are wired the same way that I don't think we're the type of people that are going to get addicted to this and like and blow it all in one night. I might have. Well, I as I as I shared the other the other day on my Golden State bet, I did. But you I think as an older, you know, you're in your early 40s now. You're always been very good with math. I mean, he this guy is literally a Mensa member. I don't know. Or you had your Mensa card at one time. I don't know if you want that shared on the on the Internet, but dude is extremely brilliant. Uh, especially when it comes to math. And I think you're very analytical in the way you break things down. And I think, I, and I mentioned this the other day, I want to be careful with people that get all these free bets and this free money, and then they just blow it all. And you seem to me to be the kind of guy that like, okay, I built my bankroll with this and now I'm going to be smart with it, right? You have to be smart. You have to be smart. If if you're a person that knows that you are bad uh, with with gambling, that that you will lose control, and that you will do things that you would not normally do, please don't do this. Uh, you know, if, if you have a problem with gambling, do not gamble, even if it looks like free money. Uh, just stay away. It's, it's, better for, it's better for you. It's better for the, the people around you that, you love, that love you. Uh, you know, so, so really, it's, it's as long as you can be smart about it and, and know that you're not going to uh, lose something that's important to you, whether it be the people that you know or love uh, or just your money that you have worked so hard for, uh, as long as you can uh, keep control of that and you know that, then take advantage of what they give you and be smart. Always be smart. Every bet you make, be smart about it. Every dollar that you put in, be smart about it. 
and uh, do what you can to cover yourself. John, can you tell that we're related <laughs> in the fact that like he's talking about, you know, kind of small unit size, just really want to make a profit, just a small, just grind it out, not looking for a big score. I, I think, I think you can see the similarities. Right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I guess, like I said, Eric, it was about six years ago when I finally started, okay, I'm going to track my bets and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to win, you know, through 12 months, not just before I was just, you know, flying off the seat of my pants, kind of bet here, bet there. Um, and with the tagger, you know, you got your bankroll at almost a thousand now, you know, if you do that again for another year and you're almost at 2000, then, then maybe you do advance your, your unit size to 25, whatever that is. And uh, you just keep going from there. You can see year in and year out. And that's where I've ended up becoming, you know, I started at 25, 50 bucks. That was my unit size. And, you know, now we're at whatever it is for me, but, um, you know, Tito, when we talked about hedging, it's not going out there where you're, you're landscaping and you're hedging the, the bushes, you know. So it's just so you know, Tito, that's not what that means. <laughs> this is the quietest I've ever, I think I've ever seen Tito in an episode. He's scared of me. He's scared I think we need guests more here. often. Yeah. <laughs> Timid. Timid. Oh, speaking of hedging, um, I was got some time today and I found two bets that are very interesting at different books. And this is almost a, a no, a no lose situation. There's one book where you can find in the Super Bowl to prop it. Will there be a score in the first six and a half minutes? Yes. Plus 110. A score in the first seven minutes? No. Plus 154. Wow. Yep. You got to look for edges like that too. You know, I mean, that's, now, the thing with the props are, you know, a lot of books, they're not going to take more than like two dimes on a bet um, for a prop. So, you know, they might take, you know, a nickel. So if we're only at a nickel, is it really worth that little bit? You know, and eh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, money's money, free money. But, um, you know, if you can make a big profit on that, you always got to look at look at those look at those different books because there's so many different, you know, their odds are always changing, you know. Especially with the Super Bowl, which is how many different props there are. I mean, they they might make some mistakes like that. You know what I mean? In terms of uh, basically giving free money, just about unless it's like what a thirty second difference, and and you know where a score I mean, could potentially hit. So, right, I mean, that's super interesting, Kevin. I know you. You know, you look a lot at these. Uh, you have a bunch of accounts of different books. Being in a, a state where it's legal. And you're always looking for an edge. Any other insight that you have on these, you know, whether it's the promotions, the boosted odds, what have you? Yeah, I do. Uh, and I actually, I actually just used two books at this point. Okay. Um, when gambling started there uh, in Kansas, here there were uh, sports betting started in Kansas. Uh, there were four apps that had contracts with the state that they could open up, and I ended up uh, sticking with FanDuel and DraftKings. They were the two that uh, I liked their apps the best. I thought their promotions were the best, so I ended up sticking with those two. Um, so. Um, both of those books, and I, I'm sure others do it, they, they offer what's called odds boosts. Uh, they run these daily, uh, sometimes more than one a day. Uh, they'll say, for example, that they're boosting the odds of uh, LeBron James and Joel Embiid to both score 25 plus and have six plus rebounds uh, from minus 120 to plus 150. Uh, sometimes it's just as simple as boosting uh, Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown from minus 110 to plus 120. Uh, so this is different than the Mahomes example I said earlier. Uh, the Mahomes promo is for one yard. It's meant to be a winner for the better. It's purely promotional. Uh, but these odds boosts are meant to catch your eye. It's a big shiny to distract you. 
Um, you know the phrase hook, line, and sinker? In yeah. my opinion, that's what these are. They hook you with the possibility of winning a bigger bet. They set the line to make it look like it's going to hit. And then the sinker. This is where they're going to get you. My working theory is that the books spot a weakness somewhere. They find some number that is going to look good to the average better, but in reality is not a great play. Uh, so like in the example above, uh, it could be that LeBron is playing a team that he historically has trouble getting rebounds against. Uh, or maybe MB tweaked his ankle in practice the day before and he's going to play at less than 100%. Some weak spot exists. And the book is going to surround it with shinies to distract you. And that's where the better gets sunk. Uh, you know, they, they, they get hooked by the pretty odds. They buy into the line and their money sinks into the pockets of the book. Right. So now, of course, it doesn't mean that these boosts don't hit, you know, they will hit often uh, just because the books think something is going to happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, uh, but it's all about finding that edge. You know, Sean mentioned this all the time. You're not going to win a hundred percent of your bets. But if you can get in that 55 to 60% range, you're going to be a long-term winner. And you get into that range by finding edges. So when I started back in September, you know, these boosts look really appealing. It's like, there's no way LeBron ain't hitting 25 tonight. Throw money at it, you know? Um, the day I started to realize something was fishy was back in October. It was something like week six or week seven. You guys may have heard this story, or I don't know if you actually saw this bet yourself. DraftKings did an odds boost on Justin Herbert. They boosted his odds of throwing one touchdown that Monday night against the Broncos from minus 800 to plus 100 with something like a 50 or $100 max bet. And I smashed it. I took the max. Um, he had thrown a touchdown in 26 consecutive games, and I believe it was only once in his career before then had he not thrown for a touchdown. He threw 57 passes that night. The Chargers won zero passing touchdowns my god at you know hook line and sinker baby Denver, at Denver that was, moment i Denver knew was i was staying away from those odds boosts right yeah denver was so, great against the pass this year yeah yeah i mean the broncos actually right. had a pretty stout defense especially at the beginning of the year they were on my fantasy team i knew i was paying attention to them um so but i got to thinking about it like uh, like a few weeks ago you know, I was thinking about that game, and I was like, how the hell did DraftKings know that that was going to happen? You know, uh, of all the games I could have done it at, that was the one. And, and then, of course, the logical answer is they didn't know it was actually going to happen, uh, but they definitely saw an edge. You know, the Broncos' defense was kind of stout. Someone thought that this odds boost would get a lot of attention, get a lot of bets, and maybe have a chance of making the house some money. Boy, do they make money that night, you know? So I got to thinking, if they can see an edge somewhere, can I figure out what it is? So a few weeks ago, I looked at each and every odds boost. Every single day, I looked at every individual piece of the bet. And I tried to weed out the shinies from the weakness. And the last few weeks, it's actually been a pretty good success. Uh, so with any system that exists, it, it obviously doesn't always work. You have to be smart about it. You have to be thinking about it. So here's a few examples that have happened over the last few weeks. Um, one night they had uh, Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard to score for over 65 points combined. So when you go to look at their individual props, uh, Lillard was at 31 and a half and Embiid was at 32 and a half. So my, my theory was if they're going to give you odds that they're going to score a lot of points, they think one of them's going under their prop. Uh, so I bet Lillard's under. They, turns out they both went under that night, and I won the bet. Uh, another night, they uh, had college basketball boost. Uh, Purdue, they boosted their odds uh, down to minus three to win that night. 
And a Michigan-Maryland game was going on that night, and they wanted that one to go over 135. You had to get both of those things to happen to win the boost. Um, the actual Purdue line was minus 13. So I said, that's they're, they're going to win by three. I, I don't think that's the weak spot. But the over-under for the Michigan game was 142.5. And those two teams had played earlier that year, and they only scored 127. So they boosted their, their, you know, they boosted their odds to go to 135. They didn't even score 135 in the last game. I said, this is what I think they're doing. I took the under in that game. I didn't bet the boost. I took the under. They only scored 122, and I won that bet. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, another night, they they had three NBA superstars to combine for 100 combined points. Uh, one of them was LeBron, and the other sports book uh, also had a boost that had LeBron in it. I said, they think LeBron's going to have a bad night. I took his under, won the bet. Um, the Chiefs-Jags uh, playoff game, uh, uh, one of the uh, books boosted the odds for the Chiefs to win by seven. The actual line was nine. So my thought was they are expecting a close game. I took the Jags plus nine, win the bet. Uh, of course, they actually won by seven at that point. So a lot of people right. made money on that boost as well. In that same game, they boosted Mahomes and Lawrence to throw uh, both for over 250. Um, Lawrence's prop was right at 250 and a half, but Mahomes is at 310 and a half. So I'm thinking that's a lot of wiggle room right there. Let's take the under on Mahomes. He threw for 195. They actually both went under that night. There's another winning bet. So uh, taking their odds that they're boosting and just use it against them. Exactly. Figure out what they're thinking yeah. from from what they're trying to distract you with. So yeah. now, of course, these boosts, uh, you know, uh, going against the boost doesn't always win. Uh, they boosted Jalen Hurts to throw for two or more touchdowns uh, against the Giants, the plus 100. Uh, I figured that they were thinking that there's going to be a lot of rushing touchdowns that night. So I bet Hertz under one and a half. He actually threw for two in the first quarter, but didn't throw for any more of the rest of the game. So they kind of had the right idea. Uh, his second touchdown was one of those where he just threw it like right down the line of scrimmage, but it was definitely a pass. So, uh, you know, he threw two. It was pretty close. It was still a loser. Um, and of course, there are times when you look at the boosts and maybe you don't see a weak spot uh, or you can't just can't figure out what it is. You know, I'll look at all the underlying stats uh, maybe I think they all have a good shot at happening. Uh, I've bet on these and won. Uh, they boosted Kelsey to score a touchdown against the Bengals. They boosted McCaffrey to score a touchdown against the Eagles. They both hit. Uh, there was uh, uh, one night they had uh, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid to score 30-plus, and Jokic to have 8-plus assists. I looked at all their recent games. Uh, I looked to see if they had played the same teams earlier that season. All of the numbers looked really good. I won that bet at plus 300. That was a really good one. Uh, I just I couldn't see where where the weak spot was, and it was one that paid off. Um, they're not all going to play out that way. They aren't all winners, but um, the idea here is just not get distracted by shiny. You know, look at what the books give you, and know that they are trying to make money. Uh, they're trying to steal your hard earned dollars. So take the information they give you, turn it back around on them, and 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 cash, baby. You know, that's that's, that's right. what to do. It's nothing is foolproof. But it feels damn good to beat the house at their own game. That's how I've been winning. I'm on their side. I'm taking what they need to hit. Yep. Man, Tagger, you, you, you mentioned the level of detail that you go into in regards to making sure that you're making the kind of the smarter plays and thinking with your head and being kind of an analytical guy and mathematical, I'm going to say genius, because that was quite impressive what you're kind of doing in regards to the numbers and stuff um, and kind of looking at those boosts and how they're kind of manipulating certain things and then using that against the book. That's fantastic. And that's exactly, I think, 
the domesticated gamblers that we're that we're reaching out to that we're seeing, those are the plays that you know are fantastic. So kudos for you to kind of touch on that. And I'm sorry I had some domesticated dad duty that would go on there, but I was still listening and the level of detail that you go into, man, it's impressive and it it, it speaks to all three of your points in regards to me and my hot takes. And yes, I'm doing fantastic right now because my takes are all hidden. And I'm hitting three star, two star, fifteen star plays, but it's not the most money. That's mo- not the the best way to use your money in the long scheme of things. So, kudos to you for kind of laying out your uh, your system and uh, giving some great value to the to the viewership here. Hey, you're still green, Tito. You know, you're still you're still just starting out in this. You got lots of lessons to learn. Um, you know, I. Um, uh, I, I hope I'm helping people who are listening to this, especially ones who are just starting out with gambling becoming more sports betting becoming more prevalent. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I really want to do. I want to help people, and uh, uh, and if I get to talk gambling with a bunch of bunch of bros for for an hour, it's that's even you know it's even better. Well, we'll see if you use the strategy in our picks tonight. As Tagger, it's time for our fan of the week competition. Yeah, you choose one of us to go against. You're each going to make three picks this weekend. The odds must be no higher than minus 120. And if you have a better record than your opponent this weekend, a better record, not a tie, you will win a $10 gift card, something like Starbucks, Visa gift card, something like that. So, Tagger, who are you choosing as your opponent? It's well, not so what, what, it's what, not if, what if I hit all three? Can, 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 the, can the fan of the week win if they get all three, regardless of what the, uh, what the host does? No. No good? All right, all right. Home court advantage. All right, very good. I, I, I respect it. I respect it. Um, so I did, I, I, I was really thinking about it and, um, uh, you know, I, th- I thought picking Eric, that's too obvious, you know, uh, whatever, you know, I thought about betting against Tito, um, but where Who's is scared? the fun in Who's that? Scared? I mean, like if you win, where's the fun in that? I'm the star the of the show, baby. Who wants the sharp? He's, he's doing the voice. This is the perfect opportunity to show this. This is uh, this is Tito right there. Yeah. Um, the, the volume of Dick Vitale and yeah. uh, plus the IQ and probably odor of Carl Spackler. And you get Mr. Tito there. So uh, that's my only prop for the day. Uh, I didn't bring any more props. So, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, you know, if you beat Tito, you're supposed to, if you lose to him, oh, you lost to a, a, a start. You don't want to do that. I'm not picking Tito. I thought about picking Sean, but I'm already up on Sean. I'm already up $600 on Sean. Cause I cut my own hair. Uh, that boy just lost $600 at the barber last week. So I'm <laughs> up on Sean. give me the host. Give me Eric. I'm coming for you. Sibling rivalry time. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, I'm going to give you the honors. You go first. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so, so I uh, I've got five picks. I know which two I'm going. And I'm going to pick the third one on the fly. All right. Uh, I've got uh, uh, I made these bets already earlier in the day. I don't know if the line has changed since then. I don't have my phone up or anything. Uh, so uh, if if the lines have changed, I've got receipts. I'll show you what I get. So I got okay. the I got I'll the lines you. in. Uh, first one I'm going for uh, Jayhawks at Iowa State tomorrow morning. Uh, Rock Chalk versus Hilton Magic. Uh, it's an 11 a.m. tip-off. Um, there is a part of me that thinks that the Jayhawks, uh, they have gotten off to some slow starts lately. Um, uh, they have they have been getting down early. Uh, I think K-State was all right, but, but they were down to Kentucky. They were down to Baylor. They were down to TCU early. 11 o'clock in the morning at Hilton, 
sounds a little scary. And in fact, uh, when more of the lines come out, I'm going to be looking at Iowa State in the first half and seeing what that line is and see, or maybe even like a race to 10 or a race to 15 points. Uh, I think there's some value in Iowa State on that. But if Bill Self is getting points, I'm taking the points. Well, it didn't work at Baylor. It didn't work at Baylor. That, that, that's all right. KU plus one and a half on FanDuel. I think they got their mojo back. The Baylor game, they did not have their mojo back yet. I wanted to speak on Grady Dick for a second. Uh, I did not say Grady Dick was having trouble hitting his free throws, Mr. Tito. Grady Dick was having trouble hitting his three-pointers. Uh, in their first two losses, uh, K-State and uh, TCU, he went, I believe, one, uh, two, two for 16, maybe three for 16 on his three-point shots. And, and I said, yeah, he's slumping. And the very next game, uh, uh, Eric mentioned that on the show. Tito, you gave him shit because the next day he was like, well, he scored 20 points last night. You know how many three-point shots he hit in that game? Two. He changed it up that game. He started driving to the bucket. He started getting layups. He started getting fouled and then hitting his free throws. That's right. He was hitting his free throws. That's why he scored 20 points that game. And in the two games since, he's still, he's only hit uh, four three-pointers in the last three games. He is still slumping from the three-point range, but he's doing other things. He's getting to the bucket, and he's still getting points. Bill I don't Stein know what this guy keeps on talking about, free throws. You what said it earlier. This what the hell is throws? It's free throws, baby. It's just free throws, baby, and botch. That's what you got to do in botch. You can't hit your free throws. You got to hit your free throws in botch. That's right. Great prop. Right. Great prop. Great prop. That's outstanding. All right, so Jayhawks plus one and a half. This guy's a Jayhawk sharp. All right, what are your next two? So the uh, second... two Jayhawks plays. He's not a sharp wolf. I'm not playing you, Tito. Shut up. Um, second pick, <laughs> K State and the Texas Longhorns playing at the Octagon of Doom. K State owns Texas. Whatever it is, these last uh, decade, this last decade maybe. Uh, whenever there's been some sort of big game between K-State and Texas, whether it be football or basketball, for some reason, K-State comes up large. I'm not saying they've won every game, but they have come up with some really big wins, especially in cases where they were not expected to win. Uh, in this game, they are favored by one. I am taking K-State minus one. They're going to beat the Texas Longhorns for the second time this season, I believe. I believe they blew them out in Austin earlier this year. K-State's got something going uh, I think they're going to keep it going, and then they are they are winning at the Octagon of Doom, uh, Bramlage, uh, this Saturday. They got yep. something going. They just got blown out in Kansas. What do you mean they got something going? They just got decimated in freaking Lawrence. So it wasn't a blowout, Tito. I I, I know you're it not. It was a total blowout. The Kansas beat them by like 18 points. It was it was 12, and it was single digits for a, a decent amount of time in the second half. So no, maybe if you not. watch some sports you every watching? once in a while, you were watching the same game I was watching. I was watching that with a keen eye because I had the over, and I had Kansas, baby. And Tito, who hates Kansas, who hates Bill Self, hit it straight on the mark, and you're the so-called sharp. What a terrible oh, oh, pick. We only didn't cover by four on that game, bro. That's not true. It was. That's not You're, true at all. Tito, 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 that's a that's a that's just such a bad take. I, I've seen I've seen better takes at a peewee T ball game, man. That's just that's just awful, man. I, I, that's a worse take than taking three starring Liam Meeson. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> all right, pick number three, the taggers. All right, pick pick number three. I, I think I'm gonna go with the humongous matchup at St. Mary's 
against Gonzaga. This has got a feeling to me of a game that's going to go down in the last possession, maybe even go to overtime. Gonzaga, uh, I got earlier today at plus four and a half. I am taking the points. Gonzaga, I would not be surprised if St. Mary's won a close one, but uh, I'm going to take the points. Gonzaga plus four and a half. So the Zags are a dog. I didn't. I haven't even seen yesterday or tomorrow's lines yet. That's right. Yeah, I got it on FanDuel earlier today. All right. So the bets are in for Kevin. KU plus one and a half. K-State minus one. And the Zags plus four and a half. You're getting one basketball bet from me and two soccer. Tonight, we're going with the St. Louis University Billikens. Minus two and a half at BetMGM. It's a Billiken blizzard at the Chaffetz Arena against VCU. The Billikens lost to Fordham on Tuesday night. Typical Travis Ford game. What are they going to do? They're going to come back tonight. They're going to put it on VCU. It's going to be uncomfortable, but they're going to win. And then they're going to play VCU on the road later in the year, and VCU is going to beat the hell out of them. That's the way it's going to go. But my first bet tonight is Billikens minus two and a half at BetMGM. I'm not putting my own money on that on the sh- uh, here on the show because I don't want the double whammy if they lose. But I told myself if you chose me, I was going to take the Billikens tonight because I do believe they're going to win. Uh, and then two soccer plays. These will be official plays. I'll give out uh, EPL tomorrow. Brighton to beat Bournemouth, and the game goes over two and a half goals. Minus 105 on FanDuel. That's at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Brighton's been an over machine of late, so I feel good about that one. And the third pick uh, from the Bundesliga, Borussia Mönchengladbach, otherwise known as Munch, on my spreadsheet. They play Schalke tomorrow at 1130. I'm taking Munch minus one and minus 118 on Bovada. So that play pushes if Munch wins by one. So there's a chance a push gets involved. I guess that could help you or it could hurt you, but so those are my three plays. Uh, Billikens minus two and a half tonight. Uh, Brighton tomorrow to beat Bournemouth, and the game goes over two and a half goals. And Bundesliga, Borussia Mönchengladbach minus one against Schalke. How do you feel, Kev? Well, uh, both of your soccer bets lost today uh, officially. So get to uh, that. I'm not I'm I'm not sure if that means you're you're a terrible soccer prognosticator or whether you're due. So I don't know whether to feel yeah. good or bad about that one. I, I think you might be catching me at the right time. Well, let's transition <laughs> to the official picks, uh, Sean. The honors again. We do need to get to the uh, standings from last night. A certain host, Tito. Get to it right now. He did you so. Trust your point guard, baby. I got you. I'm going to dish you the rock right now. Four and two last night, Sean. A $280 profit. You continue to crush it. I do think you're right. I feel like you've only lost one night. This this two and a half weeks I've been doing the show. Uh, 36 and 23 overall. Up $1,640. Still not as good as Tito. What do you got tonight, Sean? So I, I did let you in on a little secret of mine of how I kind of look at those markets. Um, so we were texting about a Portland game, and that one ended up cashing. Uh, we should have shot a video, but we didn't. I do have a little advice, um, especially for Super Bowl props. Um, the average Joe, they're going to hammer these props over, over yards, over, over. Wait till Sunday. Get the best of the number and hammer the unders. Uh, so if you're be- you're looking at any of the unders, wait till Sunday. Let these average Joes like Tito pump up them numbers and then come over the top and hammer the under. Make some cash. Uh, that's a little bit of advice. I am going to have uh, some prop bets. We'll probably get into that, I guess, Friday. And also um, a little bit of baseball. I've been getting into looking at some props for baseball already. Uh, but we'll, we'll wait for that, I guess, as well, closer to the season. But – 
I do like one I would like to go ahead and put on the show before the odds change. Uh, the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series 10-1 to 1 for a one-star play. Um, you got the Astros. I think they're going to regress a little bit. The Yankees, the Mads, Dodgers, and then the Braves. So I think the Braves are right in there with their – they got a great six-man rotation. What are we doing here? This is not even baseball season yet. What are we doing? Uh, well, we're talking. Talking sports. I want, to get the best, I, want to get, I want to get the best of the number here, bud. I want to get the best of the number. I think that that might come down a little bit. Um, I just want to put that on the show record, 10 to 1. I like that. Uh, anyway, tonight we're going to go UNLV Fresno under 131 for one-star play. Kent State minus one, two-star play. Fairfield plus five and a half. Tito screen frozen, or is he just in disbelief? He's napping. Not uh, a big right, fan of the slate tonight. Ryder over one thirty-five, one-star play. How many stars on the Fairfield play? I don't think you said it, or if you did, I didn't uh, hear it. One. Okay. Um, we're gonna go Cornell plus two and a half, two-star play. Atlanta Hawks plus one and a half. One star play. That all you got? Six plays. Yep. All right. I'm up next. Uh, won both my plays last night. Felt really good. Uh, in the last 30 minutes, I, I don't feel good anymore. Had two soccer bets this afternoon, two bonus videos. I know Rocky Mountain Steve's going to let me hear about it. Lost a one star in the Bundesliga with Bayer Leverkusen. They needed to score two goals. They scored zero. And then I had a three star play on Chelsea. They didn't lose. They also didn't score. The draw does not help me. Loser. I'm now 24 and 18. Record, good. Bankroll, not good. I'm now in the red, minus $97. Oh, man, you're in the red now? Ah. Happens fast. I told you, man, I'm usually a one-star play kind of guy. Keep it consistent. I saw it. I had a really strong feeling about Chelsea today. I think about my buddy, Sean. You got to spend money to make money. You got you got to strike when the iron's hot when you really feel it. Yeah. That's zero for two on three star plays. So despite my still my strong percentage, I am now in the red. So not good, not good. We're gonna try and bounce back tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna roll through these because I know we're going a little bit long here. Uh, five other EPL bets this weekend. These are all one star plays. Tomorrow I'm going Everton Arsenal under two and a half goals plus one hundred two on Bovada. Uh, the play I mentioned earlier, I'm going with Kevin Brighton to beat Bournemouth. Uh, and the game to go over two and a half goals, minus 105 on FanDuel. And Manchester United to beat Crystal Palace and the game to go under four and a half goals, minus 155 at BetMGM. Then on Sunday, I'm taking Nottingham Forest as a pick against Leeds United, minus 110 on DraftKings. When you take it as a pick, that means the play pushes if the game ends as a draw. Uh, and then lastly, in the APL, I'm going Man City on the money line at Tottenham. You get them at minus 130 at Bet Rivers. Anytime you get a chance to take Man City at minus 130, you take it. I don't care who they're playing. Uh, and then we head back to the Bundesliga for three more plays. Uh, tomorrow I'm going Borussia Dortmund to beat Freiburg. One-star play. That's minus 145 at Bet MGM. It's going to do two stars on Munch. Uh, my play earlier, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach minus one in their game, minus 118 on Bovada. So, again, that pushes if Munch wins by one. Uh, and then on sh Sunday, Stuttgart hosting Werder Bremen. I'm going to take a one-star play in the over, two and a half goals, 
That's a minus 137 on Bet Rivers. And Sean, I saw the exact same thing as you on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. So I'm going to hop on that just like we did on the Clippers last night. I'm going to do one star on the Hawks plus one and a half. I'm not going to repeat all that. So if you missed it, uh, go ahead, rewind the video. <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at Syria and Italy yet, so I might release another video this weekend to get my ass kicked some more. Uh, Tito, you're up last, uh, juiced out last night on your two plays, still in first place, uh, 17 and 10 plus $2,370. Tito, what is your action, sir? No idea what juiced out means, but I like I, I like college basketball tonight, baby. Ivy League matchup. We got Brown giving a point and a half to Dartmouth. Last time Brown took their measure one by seven. We like Brown in this game, baby. Laying the one and a half points. I also oh, like BCU. The going to the Serpents. They're going to get the three points. And they're going to take the points, baby. We like BCU tonight. They're only going to, they may not win outright, but they're only, SLU would only beat them by a point or two. SLU was not good at home. Last time they were at home, they won by like a point. It was terrible. Travis Ford, Travis Ford, hey, Tagger, he's a fraud. And then we got sixes and spurs. We love the under. 235 and a half. Joel Embiid is going to score like 70 points tonight. But the Spurs, they're terrible offensively. Pop, not known for his offensive managerial skills. That's going to be under 234 and a half. That's a two star play, both of them. No, the VCU was a three star play, baby. Oh, my God. I so, tell you, Tito, I got to tell you, Tito, those are, those are not great picks, man. I, I, I've seen better picks at a used guitar supply store. I mean, that's just really yeah. awful. What 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 are these plays? I'm I'm definitely going against him in the Brown game. Give me that one for a one star play. I'm going right against him on every pick he's got tonight. I'm going right I'm going right against him. Last time I saw last last time I saw a guy pick that bad his nose started bleeding, man. That's awful. <laughs> Tito, did you have two stars on the Brown play? That's right, baby. All right, so two stars on the Brown play, three stars on VCU, and two stars on the Sixers Spurs under. Sean's taking Brown or Brown's opponent, whoever the hell they're playing for one. I don't story. want any baby Dartmouth. It's an Ivy League matchup. I don't oh, want any part it. of the slew game. I don't want that one. And then give me the over and uh, what was the one? The Sixers Spurs. Yep, two thirty-five and a half. I got it at two thirty-four and a half here, big boy. That's what it, that's what I said. Eric doesn't know how to write down the numbers. My bad. My bad. All right. Uh, I'm good with that. Oh, God, I'm really in the tank. I want to take this slew bet now because I do think they're going to win. But, God. They might win, but they're not going to be – but BCU is going to take the three points, baby. I'm going to take the Billikens. One star, minus two and a half. Let's go. Let's go, Travis nice. Ford. Bounce back. Don't do what you always do and F me over. You know what? I showed some guts. Cause here, here, uh, uh, you showed some guts. You know what? Everyone can come after me. Come after me, baby. Come after me. Tito, he's due for a terrible, terrible night. Give me slow two for he's one. Due. one. I'm due with this college. I don't know about college basketball, but I'm gonna take all the picks against Tito. I want to do an MLB future play, and I, I want the best of the number. I'm gonna go get my six hundred dollar haircut again. Oh, oh, oh. Eric, Eric, out of here. Eric, Eric, how many soccer picks did you pick? It was like 13. I mean, how many times do you have to pick soccer picks to say, oh, fine, I'm profitable about soccer? I mean, this is ridiculous. There's a reason why Mountain Steve comes after you. Stop playing all these damn soccer picks. Stop posting all these damn videos. The only videos people want to see is Tito's hot toilet takes. That's what they want to see. Stop it with this. 
Eric, you showed some guts there taking the pick. I'll, I'll throw up my other two picks, show some guts too. If, if they bite me in the butt and I look like a dumbass, oh well. Uh, I'm also going to take North Carolina plus three and a half against the Dukies tomorrow. And I'm going to take... Oh, Jimmy, Dukie, Dukie all day. They're going down to the Tar Heels. That's another three-star play. John Shaw has his team going the right way. That's terrible. Also taking Purdue minus 120 money line against Indiana tomorrow. What a shock. Yeah, top-ranked team in the nation, eating unstoppable, eight feet tall, getting 88 points a game. What a shock the Tigers going to go with the line. Wolf. I, if, if the line is minus one. Wolf. Minus 120. He's over under on points scored, huh, Tagger? You don't know. Come on. Oh, my God. I have to go back. To- Tato, that's what I'm at, 61%. Pretty good. $2,878.33. No, $2,300. Way off. You're off five units. Roman Reigns had lost his match. Oh, my God. You're off five units. Uh, I'm covering those units tonight on you, baby. You're off five units. All right, I'm going to have to go back and watch this video again to make sure I got all the action. My God, we got a little nuts there at the end, but it's the weekend. If you're going to put a lot of action in, this is the time to do it. All right, I gotta wrap it up. Time to go get the kid from the bus. Uh, Tagger. Joe, come see Tito. I'll buy you something. Let's go. The Tagger, you're great. Great information. Good entertainment. Love the prop. That was outstanding. Uh, and guys of the audience, we appreciate your support. Uh, we do want to grow this show. We don't want this just to be a hobby because if it's gonna be a hobby forever, I'm telling you, eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit. <laughs> I'm not close to doing that, but I'm just saying we got to get this going. And I do believe that we can. We're bringing good information. We're bringing good bets. Not me lately. Just just Hill Sean. Because, you know, one was over here. $2,000 up. And you tell him not to tell me. How can you keep saying that? I don't want an hour and 10 minutes into this episode. It should be more Tito time. You were complaining earlier about Tito not being a man. What are you doing here? Can you talk about not and then to be happy with the show? How it's going right now? Oh, he got it. I think he broke his microphone. All right, so hit that like button on your way out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, chat with us by commenting on our videos. It's Rocky Mountain Steve. Just light my ass up for how bad my soccer plays are. Hit the notification bell too so you can get our videos as soon as we drop them. Uh, get the show, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Search Domesticated Gamblers. You'll find us at all those places on Apple. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. And it's really important to help us grow. Uh, if you're listening to the show but want to see these handsome faces, just go to YouTube.com slash at Domesticated Gamblers. Follow us on Twitter at Gambling Dads. Tito's about to have a stroke. All yeah. right, for Sean, for Tito, for the Tagger, I'm Eric. Great show, boys. This has been Domesticated Gamblers. Thanks for being with us, guys. We'll see you on Monday. Let's cast.